0: week we had the opportunity to look at how God has something amazing for us as men and how we have to take and live a lifestyle that opens up that opportunity for us Uh, if you didn't get a chance listen to last week's message we had uh, an awesome message looking at what Ed Cole talks about in in his book what I want to do is I kind of want to take the next step and look at look at a little different angle but I want to start with a story so um I don't know if this will actually turn on. Garmin. How many of you guys know what this is? Did you, I looked it up. I don't know if this is true, but this is what Google said, and I wasn't going to take a lot of time to research it. But in 1990 was when the first GPSs were being put in vehicles and different things like that. And I was like, that's pretty impressive. Um, GPSs are an amazing... Invention. I remember going on road trips with my dad, and even to this day, I don't think he really uses GPS. He's kind of more of a, like, I know I got to go north for some time, and then I got to go west for some time, you know, and he's doing all this stuff. And he just kind of finds his way to everywhere. He's got this incredible ability to just do that. Uh, Before GPS's, what would you do? You'd grab out the map. Right, you're unfolding it in the passenger seat as you're the navigator, you know. And like, yeah, you're like crinkling it up. Nowadays, you can't even find a map, uh, but you're you're like opening it up and you're trying to find your direction. And then this amazing thing called the GPS came out, where where it just kind of puts this little vehicle on a road and it's like, hey, you got to go this way and this way and this way. Well, uh, this last fall in November, my my family, my sons with me. Everyone say, hey, Jaden, come on with me this morning. Uh, we we're, uh, we're heading up to go hunting. We do a family hunting trip. We got a couple other families that come with us and head up north. And we got to go up 131 to US 10 and head over and then uh, go north on 127, a little bit up towards Houghton Lake. And uh, we're on the way and I've got my truck filled with stuff. I've got Pastor Daniel's trailer behind me filled with stuff. And we get up and we get about to... I'm trying to think of where we're at. We're just before the S curve and all of a sudden traffic comes to a standstill. And one of the most frustrating things is I know exactly it's going to take me two hours and about 25 minutes to get from my driveway to the cabin to go hunting. But how many of you guys know sometimes when you're on a path, an interruption comes? And uh, so what was the first thing we did? We bust out the GPS. Now we didn't use the Garmin GPS because that's so like a long time ago. So I bust out my phone and I start putting it in and my wife gets it all set and it's like, okay. And it's navigating us and all of a sudden it's like, go this way, and we're going down this random road, and we end up getting off some random place, and we're just driving through like random neighborhoods over hills. Something we were we were an hour behind. When it all got said and done, because there was like this big accident, I don't know. I was like, if we would have just sat in traffic, they probably cleaned up the accident faster than this detour took. You know what I mean? But anyways, uh, we, we followed the detour and praise the Lord. We got We got to where we needed to be, but we were late. And sometimes being late is one of the most frustrating things in the world. But when that's going on what we got to do is realize that when we come up to a disruption in our path that we're supposed to be walking, a change has to happen. If we're on a path going one direction and something blocks that path, a change has to happen. We can't keep going. So that's when we bust out the GPS. Well, let me tell you this, guys, if we're called to a specific promise and we're living a direction that doesn't take us towards that promise... We have to change something. We have to make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to do something different than what I'm currently doing. Patrick Morley, a guy that, uh, that's a big men's ministry guy, he, wrote the, he uh, started the ministry, Man in the Mirror, kind of spearheading that. He's, he's written some books. In one of his books, he talked about how about in the 1960s in America, we stopped saying the term, I'm going to surrender to Christ. And we started using the term, I'm going to commit to Christ. And when I, when I stopped and thought about that for a minute, it made me think I'm committed to something until my commitment isn't worth it. I'm committed. Uh, I was a diehard Red Wings fan growing up. Like I watched every game. I had jerseys and then, and then in the early two thousands, the NHL, uh, stopped playing for a season because they were trying to figure out wages and I don't even know, I was, I was younger at the time, didn't really pay attention to it, but I can tell you that my commitment to the Red Wings stopped at that point and I've never watched a hockey game after that. I was committed. How many of you guys know there's a big difference between being committed to something and being surrendered to someone? Growing up, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't spend time around... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't read the Bible. So when I started going to church and I would hear people say Jesus is Lord. Well, for me, I thought Lord because I didn't stop and think about it. And you, some of you guys might laugh, but I, I heard the term Lord. And I thought, well, that just must be another name for Jesus. He's, he's Lord. How many of you guys know Lord isn't a name for Jesus? Lord is a position that Jesus is called to hold in our life. We need to not be committed to Christ. We need to fully surrender to Christ. And when we fully surrender to Christ, there's going to be moments in our life, there's going to be moments in our life when he calls us to change something that's going on. Because if I'm Lord of my life, I do whatever feels good to me. Lots of pie is an amazing idea. Ice cream, things like that. I do what feels good. Man, if we do what feels good, it's going to destroy us. We're going to be so far off, we're going to be so messed up that we're not even going to be able to realize what God is actually calling us to. But we need to come to a point where we're going to say, God, I'm not, I'm not only committed to you, I'm fully surrendered to who you are. Meaning that if you look at an area of my life and you say, this isn't quite right, Lord, and, and you say that I need to change that, Lord, it's not a question of if I'm going to do that. I am going to change that area. There's a a guy named Louis Giglio. I heard heard him do a message one time that you follow all the... Man. Getting mad at this throat. He said, if you follow all the desires of your life, it leads you to a throne. And who's sitting on that throne? Is it you? Or are you going to let Jesus sit on that throne? I think a lot of us men half cheek it sometimes on that throne. You know what I mean? Like sitting half on like, God, I've got a little bit on that throne. God's saying we need to get off that throne and we need to let Jesus sit on that throne. That's what as men, that's what we need to do. Ed Cole says Christ likeness and manhood are synonymous. We need to say, you want to know what God, whatever you say, it's yes, sir. I'll do that. Even if it's hard. Even if it's hard, even if it comes to the point where it's painful to me in ways, I'm going to do that. It comes down to this. It comes down to this idea of genuine repentance, of true repentance, saying, God, in moments when I'm off and you point it out, I'm changing that. I'm changing that. There's a a prayer in Psalms 139 that I think about a lot, and it says, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me on the path of everlasting life. Man, if you want a dangerous prayer to pray, that's it. God, can you take and peel back all the curtains in my life and look at every area of my life? And if there's something that needs to change, Lord, I'm going to change that. And that's kind of what it comes down to. Even if it takes us an hour longer on the drive to the hunting cabin and we're so frustrated that we're taking that much time because I just want to be up at the cabin and get hunting. Man, God's calling us to something amazing, but it's going to take this act of genuine repentance for us. John the Baptist, when he was talking in, uh, sorry, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This idea of repent. That word. Uh, that word. If you look in the Greek, it's metanoio. Metanoio. It's this idea of literally to think completely different afterwards not only am I going to have different thoughts but the way in which I frame and I come up with those thoughts everything is going to change down to the beginning uh, if you if you if you look a lot of the uh, the illustration of this is, is if you're walking in one direction to repent is not to stop repenting isn't stopping sinning repenting is completely turning around and walking in a different direction opposite direction. If we want to get to where God has for us, we need to know that he has a promise for us that we talked about last week and we need to be willing to say, search me, O Lord, know my heart, point out anything in me that offends you, and then when he points something out, we don't sit there and try to justify why we have that feeling If God looks and says, you're a little frustrated at work, you need to not say, but Lord, did you see what that person did? You need to say, yes, Lord, I will, I will, I will choose to not be frustrated because you've said so. Uh, Ed Cole goes through in some of his teachings where he, he goes through and says, a lot of times what we do is as men, we get frustrated that we have the result of our sin, not frustrated that we actually sinned. I'm going to say that again. A lot of times we can get frustrated for the results of the sin, not frustrated for actually sinning. We need to come to a point where we're going to say, no, Lord, I'm actually just wanting to completely live for you. I'm fully surrendered to you with everything that I have. We're called as Christians to something higher. I'm going to read through a couple verses here, and then we're going to hop into some table discussion. Matthew chapter four, verse 17 says, "From that time on, Jesus began to preach, "Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near." Acts 3:19 says, "Repent then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord." Acts 17:30 says, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. It's this idea of saying, God, I'm not in control of my life. Why don't you look and see what's going on and you let me know if there's something I need to work on. Man, I, I, can I be honest? I can justify a lot of my actions. Yesterday, all right, I'm just gonna be real. Yesterday, my wife and I were hanging out And I found myself getting frustrated at what we were talking about. And I had to stop. And this is what I ended up stopping, walking to the other side of the house, walking back. And in that moment, Lord, what's going on? And in that moment, I realized that what I'm frustrated about is something that I have going on in a different area of my life. But it was coming into my relationship with my wife. And I had to look at her and I had to say, I'm sorry that I did that. Not I'm sorry that I have to walk through the results of that. No, I'm literally sorry that I just did that because that wasn't right. I wasn't valuing my wife the way that I'm called to value her because of something else going on. And I had a moment of repentance in my own life to say, you want to know what? I'm not handling this situation right. I took ownership of it. It was my fault. Again, Psalms 139, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. We need to have a, a desire to spend time with God in a hope that we walk out of that moment changed and transformed more in his image. Not our own image, more in his image. I'm going to end with this. Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen? Amen. This is what I want to do. I want to head into table discussion. I'm trying to give lots of time for today. And then at the end of table discussion, I'm going to be back up. But this is what I want you guys to look at. Two questions mainly. First one In your life, how have you experienced the difference between commitment and surrender? This could be in your relationship with God, this could be in your relationship with Verizon, your cell phone carrier. Praise the Lord, right there. What, what, you know, there's a big difference between a between a contract and a covenant. We have a contract until it's broken, then we get to be like, "I'm out of here." Peace. We get in a covenant that's forever. So, how have you experienced the difference between commitment and surrender in your life? Let's be real with this. And then, and then the second question: Flip open your Bibles, read Titus two eleven and twelve, and how does God see grace? Work in Christians. What does grace do in the lives of Christians? Amen? Go ahead and hop in a table. All right, all right. If you can kind of bring your attention back up here. Um, interesting conversations at our table. I don't know if you guys this table was was uh, was the same, but this idea, it, it all boils down to this. as Christians, uh, we need to just choose to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as King of our life. Amen, amen. Well, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for us, and we're actually gonna go back into a song of worship. Uh, if you guys want to go worship, if you wants to go ahead and come on up. Um, there's a guy named Lagan Brewster. He wrote a song that's called "I Surrender." Let me move this Watch this. It's called "I Surrender," and it's a, this idea of just making this conscious decision in our life to say, God, I'm fully surrendering myself to you. So this is just a time of ministry between you and the Lord. This is how we're going to end next week. Um, come back. We're going to keep diving into this book, Maximized Manhood uh, next week. So I'm, I'm stoked about, about the message, but I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to go into a time of worship. Cool. Uh, if you can, and you want stand up, if you want to spread out throughout the room, this is your time. If you need ministry with something, grab somebody, uh, they're here for you, but uh, Father, as we step into this moment, uh, we choose as your, as your sons to follow you. We choose to follow you, making a conscious decision to say, God, where you go, I'll go. Father, we surrender ourselves completely to you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name.